Brad Dacus of the Dacus Report, heard weekly on Bible School Radio 91.3 KDKR Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. CEOs selling their company stock. Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. A question for me, please go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. And there is two ways to get information. The first way is obviously through the email system that we have set up with the Ask Bob. You can send a question in and we'll get back with you. And sometimes, though, it just so happens that that's a more technical question. There's more moving parts. So we wanted to build on to that resource by adding a, a second way to get information. That's through a phone call. So all you have to do is look at my calendar, pick a spot, and uh, we have some uh, re- arranged for the, the a little bit longer of a phone call, a conference call. And schedule that, and we'll get you taken care of. That's one of the things we're real serious about is, is making sure that you have resources available to you when questions arrive. And all of that can be found at prudentmoney.com. You know, I came across some very interesting statistics that I don't think that the media really thought through the, 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 what, what these statistics are, are actually saying. Let me give you a little bit of background. One of the things that Wall Street watches is the sale of company stock by high-level executives of, uh, of, of, the, of their own company they work for. So, for instance, let's say that the executive uh, vice president of ABC, uh, ABC Corp really felt like, and of course they can use whatever reason that they're selling stock, but maybe it's, it's because... You know, I see things that are happening in the company I don't like. You know, it's not necessarily insider information if you go through the process the right way. But you end up selling stock because of what you see of the industry, what, whatever, whatever it, uh, it uh, comes down to. The bottom line is you're selling stock because you can and you're selling stock because of what you see in front of you, you don't feel real good about it. And at what you'll end up seeing is at the height of a bull market, you'll see people sell crazy millions upon millions of shares of stock. And they measure this as a bullish or a bearish, a positive or negative type thing that's happening in the market and uh and, and typically you don't hear the stories about people buying shares you see you you see you hear more of the stories about uh the executive executive uh, level employee is is selling and they have to go through this process to keep it legal and 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 basically they have to file i'm not really sure exactly what they call all this but they have to file that 
they are selling the stock and go through a certain process. And the bottom line is, you know that Joe Smith, for instance, that runs ABC Company, just sold $150 million. Okay, so, you know, what's interesting is it's not just the executive level. What you really want to see and pay attention to, in my, in my opinion, are, are the CEOs who have a full look at what's going on that, you know, other levels of executives maybe don't have as much a view of, but the CEO definitely does. So this is what has happened this month. Jeff Bezos, who is the CEO of Amazon, Leon Black, who we'll just say he's a very, very, very wealthy, very wealthy man, made all his money in the private equity business. Jamie Dimon, CEO of Goldman Sachs. And the Walton family, who are uh, who are uh, Walmart, sold a combined eleven billion dollars in company stock this month. Eleven billion dollars by this small group of people. Think about how much money that is in company stock. Now there, there there's also a point where you can't just as a CEO. I mean, you can, but not, it wouldn't be good. Just go out and sell everything and put it to cash. That would the mark that would freak the markets out, especially that the company stock. But to you know sell and, and I want I want to look specifically Jamie Dimon because I think this is a significant move on his part because of what he knows and kind of the rare the rare position he's in. Jamie Dimon, CEO of Goldman Sachs, sold $150 million worth of stock. Now, what's important to understand is that is the very first time he's ever sold stock, like in that, in that particular situation like that. Very first time that he sold a hundred and he sold a hundred and fifty million dollars. Now they can give all these these reasons, and if this was kind of a one-off, I would say eh, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but it, 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 once again, if it was only Jamie Dimon selling stock, I would pay close attention to it. It's one thing that you've got the titan of industries and families of industries selling eleven billion dollars for the stock. It's another thing when you've got Jamie Dimon selling stock. Because Jamie Dimon, pure speculation on my part, but I'll give you my basis of my reasoning behind this. Jamie Dimon has a rare inside view of the government. Goldman Sachs, and this has been for decades, Goldman Sachs and presidential cabinets have had a very close interworking relationship. It's a, I, I wish I had time to do this, to go research how many people have been pulled from Goldman Sachs and put into positions in president's cabinets or positions of power in the government. Uh, 
and the name is leaving me for for some reason. One probably one of the more famous ones was the CEO. He was at that time the CEO, I believe, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, and he came over to become the Secretary of Treasury during the financial crisis. So he got a lot of uh, a lot of media time and a lot of media attention. But this goes this goes pretty far though with Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon is in the White House a lot. He's definitely got connections. And here's the question that troubles me the most. When last year we had that that scare in the banking industry where it ended up being three banks collapsing and the government bailing out all three of them, not to the tune of $250,000 FDIC limits. They bailed out the whole thing. Well, who do they call when they read that when they had to bail out First Republic? Now, here, here's the thing about First Republic. First Republic was the first bank that went down and uh, making them on the FDIC failed bank list the second biggest bank to ever fail. The first one being Washington Mutual back during the financial crisis. So this is no, and in the, of course it temporarily rattled the markets, but this is no small thing. This is a big, big deal. And who did the government call? They called Jamie Dimon. And Jamie Dimon bought all the assets, made them whole, and and I think literally this happened, if you'll notice, they closed banks on a Friday most of the time. And by Monday, they had a significant number of branch offices that were First Republican, or Republican, First Republic, now Goldman Sachs. I got to think that Jamie Dimon has got an incredible seat at the table. And he knows way more than, probably way more than most congressional leaders in Washington know. Inside track. So this begs the question, what does Jamie Dimon know that nobody else knows, outside of the outside of the walls of the White House and congressional meetings, what does he know that's, that maybe could have created, that created the real reason he sold $150 million for the stock? Now, you know, you can speculate all day long, and I, and I, which I'm absolutely doing. But it's just when you start adding things up, it's suspicious. Yeah, the, he, could, he could be doing it for estate planning purposes and all that kind of thing. I think, you know, he's made so much money in that position that I got to think that he's preserving some of it. And, and the fact he's never done it before and the fact that he's kind of the guy they call to clean up the messes. Just throwing it out there. But it, it, it comes back to the one single question. What does he see that we don't see or that we don't know? You know, there's just a lot of crazy things going on right now. 
in politics, in the economy, in the markets, when you have one stock that's driving everything, NVIDIA, it, it just doesn't make sense. Well, there's just a lot of things out of balance. We're going to continue to talk about this. If you got a question for me, go to the website, www.prudentmoney.com. We are coming up against a break. Stick around, and I will be right back. Hello, this is Bob Brooks. Proverbs 22.3 and Proverbs 27.12 are the exact same verse word for word. I call them the stewardship verses of risk. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. On the Prudent Money Radio Show, we teach about risk, how to identify it, how to figure it out, and what to do about it. We believe that to be a prudent steward, you have to be a good risk manager. Listen to the Prudent Money Radio Show on Bible School Radio 91.3. Prudent Money, home of the modern day steward movement. And God says this, if you come to grips with what it meant for him to forgive you, out of the reservoir of God's forgiveness for you, you will find the forgiveness you need to forgive somebody else. If you try to do it in your own strength, you won't. Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series, Everything You Need, next time on Turning Point. Weekday mornings at 9 o'clock here on KDKR. What does it mean to take the Lord's name in vain? Is the third commandment just warning us to watch our language? Or is there something more to learn? Thursday on The Verdict, Pastor John Monroe unpacks all the different ways we profane the Lord's name and how we can choose to honor Him instead. Don't miss Thursday on The Verdict. The Verdict, weekday mornings at 10.30, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. If you have a question for me, if you need some answers and opinion, you can always go to the website, prudentmoney.com. Love to talk about risk. We can talk. You can send a question in about that. Whatever is on your mind, send it in. And if most for most situations, we can do uh, we can utilize the email and get the question answered, give you some direction, maybe uh, refer you to some resources, whatever it might be. If it's a more complicated question, then we will go to you can go and book a time on the phone. You can do a Zoom call or you can do a, a phone call. And uh, we can take a little bit more time and break down the the question and get you a little bit better of an answer or direction. That's all at the website, www.prudentmoney.com. You know, there's a lot of companies that, and it it really comes down to what I call irresponsible marketing. And that's simply defined as marketing that makes you believe one thing is happening when another is occurring instead. But you look at these tax preparation companies. There's a lot of them, and you can't, uh, you know, all you have to do is, is turn uh, turn channels on the TV and, and you're going to see it, or, or the radio. I mean, they're all over the place. Of course, it's that time of year. It's tax season. But they're wanting to do, they're advertising, the vast, vast majority of what they're advertising is that they're doing free tax returns. And I, I wanted to tell you about the Federal Trade Commission and them coming down an H&R block because 
it just gives you a good ex- a, a good story and a good example of what to be careful for. You know, you you like the you would like to think pe- people's intention to do something for free is is good, but a, a company like that makes tons of money, and they don't make tons of money by by doing anything for free. Which is what the Federal Trade Commission has a, a real tough time with. It says H&R Block made it too hard for taxpayers to opt out of pricier tax preparation. So they're going there, and they're they're saying, "Hey, here's my 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 information. Can you file my my return for me?" And they're and and the Federal Trade Commission is saying. You're, the, you're making it hard for taxpayers to opt out of pricier tax preparations. Kind of the old bait and switch. Uh, plan and tricked customers about what types of taxes could be done for free, according to allegations in a new complaint by federal regulators. The FTC said Friday that H&R Block's online filing process pressured users with tactics to make them pay more. If something wanted to uh, customers wanted to pay less. They had to start their return over again, regulators claim. The FTC administrative complaint filed within the agency itself said that H&R Block made it difficult for consumers to downgrade to cheaper price plans. Customers who wanted to pay less allegedly had to contact customer service directly, according to regulators. If someone downgraded their plan, H&R Block allegedly wiped away, can you believe that, the tax return data they had already entered. You get the idea. It goes on. Uh, This one uh, says that commissioners at the uh, FTC ruled last month that TurboTax had been misleading people for years on what sorts of returns it would do for free. There you have it. Now, Here's a couple of things. Oh, one last thing I wanted to mention to you because I thought this was fascinating. It says the there's other ways to do taxes for free outside of these two commercial providers. In one example, the IRS is launching a test run this filing season of its own no-cost direct file platform platform which can only support a limited number of tax scenarios is slowly being rolled out in 12 states earlier this week this the irs said it had uh, started opening brief periods of time when availability is expected in um, it says mid in mid-march so i i got to, to thinking about this do do i feel comfortable Turning every—I mean, you're going to turn everything over to the IRS as well. So, is this, is this a good thing, or is this potentially—or is that—or is it nuts just to say to, to involve the IRS more in your life, or is it a good thing because they, they can't screw anything up, right? You would think that the the uh, tax return would be correct. But I don't know. I'm going to have to – I'm going to flag this question for Dan Pilla. As far as H&R Block goes, as far as TurboTax goes, I guess – boy, I hate to to hear some of these stories. And, of course, they're all allegedly – they all allegedly occurred. 
it is just it is disturbing though that that you would treat people like that and um so i i put it out there so that for those of you who are planning on using a company like that and, and you know here's the thing they're under the microscope so they're probably more than glad to not be trying to trick you into doing anything and actually doing what they advertise they would do so and they're probably happy to do it with a smile on their face as they're being investigated who knows this is bob brooks and you are listening to the prudent money radio show just when you hear things that are just such a great deal you've you've got to go okay what's what what is it that i'm not you know it's just like the the ceo selling stocks what is it that i don't know okay i used to get these questions in off the website about debt and there was a lot that we could pour into that question and help people with it is a different situation today and i wanted to read through this this question and then talk about the re, the the only realistic set of answers that i've got question is, hello, I'm reaching out to see if you can help me with my parent who is over $37,000 in debt and already has a loan on her house. She's paying exorbitant interest rates and was wanting to use a dead finance company, but they all seem to be predatory in nature. What should she do? And and this it's true um, you, you, you're really taking a lot of risk going to these debt consolidation companies. I wrote about it extensively in my book, um, per, uh, Deceptive Money. And you got to be careful. Now, in today's debt-filled world, the options are limited. And the reason the options are limited is simply because interest rates are unbelievably high. I mean, a good interest rate is 17, 18%. Probably an average interest rate is 22, 23%, up to 24, 25%. Uh, We're seeing record highs in interest rates. When you're under that kind of a gun and you're paying those kinds of interest rates, it's hard for the average person to get that debt paid off. Absolutely tough for the average person to do so. So the whole idea, it's kind of a, the answer to that question today would be broken down into several parts. The first one is you've, you've, you've got to fix, uh, you've, you've got to focus on minimizing, mitigating interest rate risk got to figure out a way to get the interest rates down even if it's from 21 to 17 that's going to be key of course i would make sure that you are you it sounds like she has utilized the any home equity options borrowing borrowing against your house yes i freely give that as advice because that's where people have equity and that's where you can get lower interest rates you've got to have put together a payoff plan so that you know this is when this is going to pay off and these are the interest rates that I am I'm going to be I'm going to be estimating 
you could also and I and there there's literally one person I would give out as a person to work with to do negotiated agreements with credit card companies. You've got to be so careful that 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 can start off a chain of events because you, so you need to know the bit the pros and cons. And what you're trying to do, you're trying to get a negotiated agreement to pay over a certain amount of time. This isn't this is not debt consolidation companies. This is the the uh, one person that comes to mind on this. This is what they do for on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So that's a possibility, but that's got a lot of a lot of risk to it because you're negotiating an agreement. You got to be very careful. The next thing is you can work to get your credit scores to increase. That helps tremendously. That will happen over time. So as that that's when that's one thing you can't you can't plan for, but as your credit scores go up, then your opportunities start at lower interest rates start to come up as well. Uh, as you work your plan and you've got it put together, your credit gets better because your balances go down. I mean, it's Captain Obvious type stuff, but that's the that's the real the uh, the the real truth about it. So that's one of those questions they used to. I had much better answers than than today. It's uh, a lot tougher. I'll, I, and I may take some time to. I kind of went through that a little bit fast. Uh, maybe next week and kind of break it down and talk a little bit more about it. This is Bob Brooks, and you have been listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. If you've got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.